0: Hey gang, it's Harold. I'm podcasting to you from the bunker. In the interest of distracting myself and my gaming friends, I'm reaching out to some interesting people to ask them what they're doing game-wise. With such a big time dividend, I want to hear what they're playing, designing, or thinking about. No CNN, no CNBC, just games. My production obsession will have to be put on hold. I'm most interested in communicating with you rapidly and with some interesting content. This podcast documents a discussion I had with designer Joel Toppin. Hello. Hey Joel, how are you doing? Doing awesome. Excellent. Excellent. It's good to to hear you're doing awesome. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. the, the idea is just to, to to hear what you have to say about games what you intend to play during this uh, during this bunkering and um, what else is going on with you any other you know design ideas uh, anything game wise would love to discuss it um, handful of ground rules uh, no discussion of medicine or medical condition <laughs> no political discussions and no discussions of financial markets. <laughs>
1: Alrighty, righty. Does that make sense? Yeah, sounds fair enough to me. Now, I should warn you, I have been playing Pandemic, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
0: I saw that on your channel, too. I thought that was great. Are you playing uh, Pandemic Classic?
1: Yeah, just the... Uh, I have the original edition, and then the original edition uh, On the Brink expansion... And there's been several several people from church have bought the game over the holidays and uh, wanted me to teach them. So over the last several weeks before all of this happened, I'd been teaching different groups how to play it. And so, yeah, so then this happens. I thought, well, I haven't played this one in a while myself, so let's break it out, have some fun. Break it out, yes.
0: Now, it's, it's a great game. It, it stands up, but, you know, ironic circumstances aside, it really is a terrific game. Uh cooperative game
1: yeah it, it really is i actually have the iberia historic uh game and that one is a lot of fun too i almost feel like that one's a little bit harder i either that or i just maybe i have bad luck at that one or something i i tend to lose way more than with the base game
0: <laughs> right now we play follow the roman empire here
1: that's the one i've been hunting for i haven't been able to get i i had a chance to get a copy it was either that or wingspan i picked up wingspan and uh, I didn't have money for both of them. So I, I picked one, and I haven't been able to track down the Roman Empire one since then. <laughs> right. It, Joel, if only
0: there was a website or a Facebook page, right, where you could, well, I guess <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm ironically referring to your to your Wargamers page that
1: you moderate, which is oh, fantastic. Yeah. I, I actually, I try to stay off of that as much as I can because uh, I'll shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy stuff. I'm really only on there to scold people anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, frankly, I'm only on there anymore to watch you scold people. That's, uh, <laughs> that,
1: that might be probably uh, true of a lot of people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always good fun, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I don't, it, just for the, for the, for the group, in case people don't know about it, that war gamers, um, what is it? A, a marketplace? Yeah, consim marketplace. That's right. That's right. When it became less politically correct, uh, you shifted it to to consim so you wouldn't get um, raided by Facebook.
1: Yeah, it was it was really disruptive for a little while. Um, um, people's sales listings kept getting pulled, and I, I've never been able to determine whether it was bots or actual human um, personnel that were flagging this stuff. I, I I go back and forth. There's there's reasons either way. Sure. But uh, I thought, well, maybe changing the name to something less uh, warlike would uh, <laughs> attract less attention, try to keep under the radar.
0: Right. And how many members are, are in that
1: group now? Oh, I've lost about 8,000, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. You so, know, it's,
0: it's, it's great because it's all the games that we love, right, that pop up that are people are selling person to person. But I've just always found that the transactions to be very civilized.
1: Yeah, um, I've had very good experiences on there and usually uh, when I sell stuff I'll, it'll sell quick and it's a quick turnaround. Um, so I'll I'm usually only on there to sell or when I'm specifically looking for something. I find if I just start patrolling it, I just start spending money and I need to stop doing that. Right. Start playing some of the games that are sitting here unplayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been
0: uh, you've been posting some great videos on Twitter. And and even the Wargamer's group, I guess, on Facebook about your playing and and the narrative with it. It's just, it's really good stuff. And when it's a game that I'm interested in, I'm just locked on to your channel until you you finish the game. How long have you been doing that?
1: Uh, Probably about, I started doing it when I moved to Montana because my internet bandwidth isn't so great up here as it was in New Mexico. So uploading full feature content like I was doing for GMT is more problematic it takes a long time to upload something whereas a two minute twitter video i can upload something like that in five minutes or so that's probably appalling to you in san diego but (laughs) that's about that's about the speed it takes to upload one of those videos so i found that breaking stuff down into those two minute and 20 second increments uh made it made it very doable so i started doing it for comancheria because it was just about to come out and I just kind of stayed on it because people, I think, kind of enjoy just a little two-minute snapshot of what a game is and uh, maybe the little uh, episodes of a particular ongoing game. Uh, I, I suspect I cost a lot of people a lot of money because I have a lot of followers and I, I notice that they end up buying whatever I'm playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's compelling. And recently you've been playing this, um, this uh, full the Gap World at War 85
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, Storm in the Gap. Love Lock that up. stuff. Yeah, that one's super fun. I, I haven't played, like, the big campaign or anything. i got to rearrange some things. I just have a little gaming room, and I could probably set the full shebang up, but I need to kind of rearrange some things in order to make that happen. On the other hand, since my church is set down, I might be able to do some monster gaming. room. I yeah, all kinds of tables over there. Oh, that's so. right. And I can leave it set up because no one's in there. <laughs> right?
0: No, it's it's just you and the Holy Ghost. So yeah, <laughs> that's great.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, so I've been playing uh, Storm in the Gap um, off and on because you can set that up, play through a scenario in a couple of hours. And I, I think they did a really good job. David Heath and his crew did a really good job on that. Uh, I, I was a fan of the original system, the Eisenbach app, and I had just about all of the modules at one point. And yeah, the new system, uh, the components, great, great fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, I don't find it to be. Um, I, I wouldn't argue that it's. I don't know if you remember Mark Herman did Mech War Two, when he worked for oh, yeah. SPI. Yeah. Which which was technically extremely well. I don't know about it accurate, but it was it was certainly very detailed. Yeah. And uh, this is not that. Uh, this is this is just a much more playable fun game
1: i was liken it to like uh panzer blitz kind of a level of complexity uh, and detail maybe a little bit more than that but trying to give you that idea of scale um, yeah in terms of learning how to play it in detail it's it's lighter than say panzer or MBT uh, if, if you played that the more recent stuff uh, mech War.
0: Yeah, agreed. And and it has, um, you know, the thing I love about it is just that activation system, the randomness and the cards. Yeah. So that you really don't know what's going to happen when.
1: Yeah, every game is going to be different. Um, and and it gives you the feel. That's, that's something that's really important to me in a game. I'm really not as interested in uh, simulation as I am in feel. Does it give me the feel of the historic, what I read about in a book? Uh, that's what I look for in a game. Interesting, and that one kind of it, it, it hits on all on all points for me. So there, I mean, if I want something really detailed, I'll pull out uh, MBT. I love playing that one, but the the thing I like about the Storm in the Gap system is you feel like like both sides feel like they're losing, <laughs> 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 and you and when you're on the attack, it's like man, I don't have enough time to get this done. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I never quite get that feel from MBT. It feels like the scenarios always have ample time to get the objective done, and you can kind of lollygag about a bit. Whereas in this system, no, you really can't do that. You got to start maneuvering. You got to make every move. Every activation's got to count.
0: It's it's funny that you mentioned that. We played one of the early scenarios, one of the simpler scenarios. Uh, I guess last time we were at the game group on Monday and, and it came down to the last turn, the last move, uh, you know, just trying to capture the spaces. And, and of course, you know, I, I, I challenged one space and left another one uncovered and the, (laughs) my opponent backed in and, and blocked me and won the game. But, but it, you know, it's, it's that you don't have enough units to do what you want to do. You don't have enough time. You're, you're challenged at every, you know, every place you don't want to be challenged.
1: Yeah, and there's there's so much in the new system where you can build your own scenarios, and a whole ton of maps, uh, that that they packaged with it.
0: Yeah, including the winter maps on the back, which are awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We, um, you know, the, the I love the I love the activation system. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try to find a way to put it on chits. And one of the things that I do is I use these little plastic coin holders. Have you ever seen these coin collectors? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was using those for um, uh, the dark sands. I, I, I someone else shared it, and I thought, you know what? That's a way to get around the problem of you know wear and tear on counters, and, and somebody, sometimes you might have a counter that feels different. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't. Yeah, you don't want to know what's coming, and and so what we're trying to do is we're going to put those cards on little on chits, and then put them in the coin holders, and then basically you'll you'll just drop them into a bag instead of shuffling which yeah. I think will make it a little bit less fiddly. So I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny you're doing that because that's how the original system was, but the problem was they kept printing them on different stock and different sizes and so you couldn't really mix the modules together without, you know, obvious uh, limitations in randomness. But that's before I knew about those little coin things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a revelation. That's those are a breakthrough. Yeah. So what else, what, what's coming next? What are you going to, what are you working on next?
1: <laughs> well, this sounds ridiculous. Cause I, I play, you know, I play ASL. I play a lot of really complex games, but I have been struggling to figure out how to play the 18 uh, XX system. <laughs> from. <GT. laughs> Maybe it's just, I don't have a mind for the economics. I, I don't know. <laughs> like I intuitively understand how to blow stuff up, maneuver, battalions around the board Uh, i don't know so i got i actually have 1862 on the table i'm trying to trying to figure this train game out i have a soft spot in my heart for trains
0: have you played uh, have you played with another experienced
1: train gamer no no i I got no one around here that would in fact that was the reason why i wasn't even sure i wanted to punch it because i was like man who am i going to get to play with this this is way more complex than i thought right so Uh, the people that would play games up here with me, um, we're not going to dig this one out.
0: Yeah. And my experience with, with the 18 XX games and I'm not good at them because I I just don't play them very much. And I don't think I would ever be good at them even if I played them all the time. But the revelations for me came when I played someone else that was experienced. Yeah. And, and watching what they do and what, and the problems that causes for you helps you understand what you really need to be doing.
1: And that, thats all I got. Good at ASL was playing experienced ASL players. You start, you pick up the tricks really quick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that one. I just—I'm just trying to to figure that one out. Um, I was really hoping to get uh, Blue Water Navy back on the table soon, and I've also have Red Storm just sitting here staring at me. Uh, the the GMT World War Three air war. It's kind of the downtown system.
0: Yeah, I've got it. It's I've got it on my desk. Uh, the, it's one of the few on my desk that isn't in shrink. It's I've actually looked at the rules, but I'm I'm ready to go at some point.
1: Yeah, this that one's about ready to I'm about ready to to launch that one as it were. But uh, I wanted to figure this train game out first, just just for the sake of I I at least need to know that I can learn this game. <laughs> That's it's great. become uh, a little bit of a, a challenge for me. So I, I wanted to kind of just work through the rules and try to figure it out, see if it's something I'm going to enjoy, because uh, maybe you can play it online. But uh, no, Red Storm or getting Blue Water Navy back on the table next, uh, I think is probably what's next on the table.
0: Have you uh, Have you played any of those Lee Brenton
1: Wood games um, downtown? Or Oh, yeah. Brimmy Comwood, I've got all of his games. Uh, he's, he's one of those, like, automatic purchase for me. His games are very well developed and uh, researched. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed all of them. I have probably played – of his games, i played the Wing system way more than anything else. Uh, when that gets on the table, it usually stays on my table for a good month, playing scenario after scenario, or, or the new uh, campaigns are great. Uh, but beside uh, for those, I think I've played Downtown um, – more than Burning Blue or, or the other games.
0: Yeah, I had a friend that just sent me uh, Bloody April, uh, which I had at one point, but uh, got rid of some for some reason. But I'm I'm excited now, and in the context of Red Storm, I'm looking forward to digging
1: in. Yeah, funny you should mention, that's another one that's been staring at me for about six years, <laughs> same to <laughs> me. This is why I'm not patrolling on the consent marketplace. <laughs>
0: That's great. What's going on with your, your design ideas, Joel? I know you've always got something in your head you're working on.
1: I've got something I've been working on for like five years. I just, it's hard to get the time to do it because I spend a lot of my spare, what little spare time I have. I get one day off a week really. Um, And and even that gets, you know, dipped into if there's a funeral or something going on. But um, I've been working on a game that's, that I'm, calling red clouds war. It's the, uh, uh it, it would encompass the wagon box fight, the Fetterman fight, uh, famous engagements between the Lakota Sioux, uh, coalition with the Arapahoe and Cheyenne in 1865, 66, 67, Northwest, uh, Northwest Wyoming Bozeman trail is what they're fighting over powder river country. So I, I was just about ready to put together a prototype and then I found a really, really good resource, uh, research resource. And so I paused everything. Let's, let's uh, dig into this. I found a two volume set that um, I finally was able to lay my hands on. It's kind of hard to find. Anyways, I got my hands on a two volume uh, book set. So I've been working through that just to kind of, and it got me rethinking the core mechanics. And then the guy that wrote, uh, Comanche Empire, which is a major source for Comancheria, he just released a new book called Lakota America. And I just finished that. So, um, and that got me even rethinking a few things. So it keeps going back to the drawing board due to new research. So when it comes out, it'll be worth the wait. But uh, I want it to be a, a two player game where uh, it's asymmetric and encompasses some some novel ideas it's kind of a tough conflict to model because you're dealing with small number of of troops uh, for the most part and then you're trying to model a situation where i don't know if you know anything about the federin fight but it's it was yeah. it's like Custer's last stand where where a us commander did something very foolish and it cost him his whole command and so, how do you model that in a game where where would the US player be so foolish as to make this mistake? How do you work that in where that is a reasonable possibility? <laughs> is is actually a lot more challenging than you realize. So you start actually making it into a game, you realize, oh, this is kind of hard uh, to do, some somewhat challenging to do. So I'm working on that. And at the same time, in the back of my mind, I've got I've got a number of, of ideas of Games I want to do, and just it's a matter of finding the right time. And you'd think, with a you know, being quarantined or um, being under curfew, you'd have more time to do all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, I still got a lot of vassal stuff I'm trying to catch up on and do for people. So, um, I'll bet I don't know when I'm gonna get this stuff done,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet. So, uh, Comancheria story for you, I was at um. Dice Tower West in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe three weeks ago, and So I I woke up early one morning, and I couldn't sleep So I went downstairs and the, the game room was open and their library was open and And I went to the library my friends weren't going to be there for another three hours so I uh, Went went and looked through the games and they had a copy of Comancheria there and So I checked it out at the library and sat down and, and started the tutorial and uh, went through and played that and then started a scenario and uh, my friends came and I said, you guys are going to have to wait. I can't, I can't put this down. <laughs> um, I just, just love that game and, and the story it tells. It's, um,
1: it's awesome. Have you, have you tried Navajo Wars? I have not. So it's, it's going to be different. Um, and I bounce back and forth. There's things I like that I did in Comancheria better than I did in Navajo Wars, but I, I returned to Navajo Wars uh, before it, it got uh, reprinted. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, quote unquote, fix a few things. And then I found, you know what? It ain't broke. I, I ain't going to try to fix this thing. So, and I, I kind of, it was like, kind of fell in love with it all over again. You know, when you play the game hundreds of times during development, you almost get sick of something. And that's kind of where I was like, I was ready to move on to something else. And revisiting it, I was like, you know what? This game really turned out pretty good. Uh, there's some things I really like that I did in it. So if I go back and do one on the Lakota, um, it might look like a blend between Comancheria and Navajo Wars. There's things I like about both of them.
0: Right. Interesting. Where, where did where did where did Navajo Wars come from? I mean, what, like in your head? What were you? Was it? Uh, you know, you've 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 published two games, right? Yeah. Navajo Wars and Comancheria. Um, similar themes, similar processes.
1: Yeah, it started with Navajo Wars because the, the idea for Comancheria happened while I was working on Navajo Wars. I was like, wow, this tribe is completely different. I think there's a really good game here, and I should model this one next. And um, yeah, I have a whole stack of, of books on, on other topics. I could kind of build that that model for other tribes tweaking it here and there. It's just a matter of of getting the research. Um, It started with Navajo wars when uh, I I lived in New Mexico. I lived in Gallup, New Mexico for like 23 years. Most of my, my friends down there are Navajo. And uh, one of my, one of the kids I played games with and taught him how to play war games. I think at some point I ended up with an extra copy of Geronimo Richard Berg game, right? It's one of the Richard Berg games. It's, that that one's actually uh, got some, some neat mechanics in it that's worth checking out. Um, it's a game that I still admire. And uh, so I had an extra copy at some point, and I, I gave it to him. Well, in the historic write-up, uh, th- some things were said in there that he took umbrage with. And, and we got to talking about it, and he started talking about um, Kit Carson and how to the Navajo he's sort of like the devil <laughs> he's not widely admired at all and I didn't know anything about Kit Carson I you know, I I'd lived in the American Southwest for almost 20 years at that point and I hadn't you know really ever read up on the local history I knew a lot about the Sioux because I grew up in South Dakota but I didn't know much about the people I was actually living with so I read a book called Blood and Thunder by Hampton Sides I think it was my friend Charles that uh, Charles Lee that actually told me to, uh, I should check that book out. So I read that book and it really like, while I was reading it, I was getting ideas for the game. And so it was, it was really that book that, that inspired the design as it were. So that's, that's really where it came from. And then I had to pitch it to Gene and he was not enthusiastic <laughs> because, you know, this isn't Stalingrad or, or something well known <laughs> at all. Right. And, uh, but you know what it moved on p500 faster than any of us um thought it would i mean it took a little it took a little time but not not as long as you would think and it opened my eyes to you know there's a lot of people really interested in uh that part of our history and it's not all that well represented in games and when it is represented all too often the natives uh play or the indigenous people play a um, a sideshow role, you know, the, right. the game's the Lone Ranger, and it's just here's Tano, the sideshow, or they're caricatured in in a way that's not always respectful. It's, it's not always bad, but it's not always respectful either. So I made up my mind that, okay, I'm, there's a game design here, and I want to tell it from the native perspective, and the only way I could visualize doing that would make it a solitaire game and i discovered in the process that designing a solitaire game is a lot harder <laughs> than designing a two player game <laughs> cuz designing designing the fewer the number of players the harder it is to get the balance right the more the more players you have the more self balancing it'll be according to the players
0: you can rely on the players to do your
1: Yeah brain. they'll they'll do the they'll take the load off of the designer so you want to you want an easy design design it for like 8 people <laughs>
0: From now on, Joel, only eight people. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, so that's where that's where it came from, and why it started as a solitary design, and then Comancheria. The Comanche were an enemy of the Navajo, and I I started to you know bump into their uh, some stuff about the Comanche as I was doing the research on the Navajo. And I was like, man, these this is really interesting. I'd really like to do a game about these guys next. So as soon as Navajo Wars was published, I was already working on Comancheria.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it is an undercovered space, and it's um, a space that isn't covered with great sensitivity historically. So, it's great to see you do that, and the and the solo game is a perfect way to do that. But the other thing that it seems that people look to, when someone's covering a, a sensitive area like Indigenous peoples, is the standing of the designer or the author, right? Yeah, and and you have standing that that uh, that I think allows you to, to pull this off?
1: Yeah, um, it, it has helped. I mean, it really helps your research if you live among the people that you're designing a, a game or writing a book about. And I've lived most of my life among the Native people. And uh, currently I live on an Indian reservation. And uh, so that gives you kind of a unique insight into uh the topic at hand and also gives you access to research materials that you're not going to find in any library because a lot of the stories are oral still so you got to talk to the people so that's really that is that is something that has really uh assisted me in fact that was the biggest challenge with comancheria was finding a comanche person to talk to (laughs) and kind of check check my references with because you know things you read in a book may not always be the case and Uh, I had ample access to Navajo, um, assistance, but not so much with the Comanche game. That one was a little bit more tricky.
0: You know, Joel, this is a, that's a perfect, a perfect topic to to close on and, and so much of what you're about. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about what you're doing. And, um, let me just close it with, uh, you know, wish good health and good times to you and your family and, and, uh, Hope to talk to you again soon when we have uh, have some more freedom to move about.
1: Yeah, absolutely uh, enjoyed this, and uh, yeah, wish everybody to stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll get get through this. Absolutely, thanks, Joel. All right, you Bye-bye. bet.